0: You're listening to the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, your host, Ben Eagle. Please remember to subscribe to the show wherever you are listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 231 of the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, Ben Eagle. Today, we're heading to Denbighshire in Wales to meet dairy and beef farmer Hugh Fowkes. Hugh was brought up on a dairy farm, but was initially put off farming when he saw his father having to sell his herd. He got the farming bug at college, though, and ended up re-establishing a dairy on his family's farm with a micro-dairy of around 15 red poles, For his beef, he crosses Welsh black heifers with wagyu bills. The whole system uses regenerative techniques, and Hugh also works on another local dairy farm to supplement his income while he grows the dairy at home. Hugh, welcome to Meet the Farmers. Thank you for doing this.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me. It was quite a good chat, I think
0: oh that's no, great and um yeah so we got to know each other um through just farmers um we had ben on uh, ben cooper on last week um and you were in the same group um so uh yeah it's great to be speaking to you for this one uh let's um let's dive in and uh, just give us the tourist guide um to your part of wales first of all
1: um so yeah like you said i'm in Denbighshire, which is north wales um Pretty windy here today. There's a lot of wind going on, so a lot of bins flying around. So if you hear anything in the background, that's what that is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you've got the you've got the coast at the right in the, in the north of the county. Um, I'm in the top half of the north called uh, the Vale of Clwyd. Um, got some really good productive lands down here in the Vale of Clwyd where I am. And then um, yeah, you've got sheep and cattle grazing the hills both sides. And then, yeah, you go further down south, you get to go a bit more mountainous. Um, yeah, you've got a bit of everything here, really. Crops, a lot of dairy farms, and then sheeps at the top. So, yeah, get to see a bit of everything, really.
0: Yeah. And so I, I, so I, went, I went on your website before doing this, and, um, yeah, it looks a really, really beautiful part of the world, actually. Yeah. I was also very impressed with the uh, the, the film on there as well. Did Did you do that yourself?
1: Uh, no. So I, I got a bit of help. Well, my the initial film I did a couple of years ago, there was a, a chap called Elliot Warring from Chester reached out okay. to me. He just wanted to expand his portfolio kind of thing and try something a bit new. And then saw that I was trying something new within the dairy sector as well. So, you know, he felt as if he wanted to, well, he thought we'd get on and we did to be fair. And, uh, Spent a couple of days filming, and yeah, it's been it's been a priceless bit of film really to help oh, it's me start to get the story out there. And um, to be fair, there's a lot of people out here that have you know sent me messages wanting to help you know, with with filming that kind of stuff. And I'm Really lucky to be there. Yeah.
0: That's a great story. Um, uh, how long has the farm been in the family? Because you are a family farm. Um, and yeah. uh, I mentioned in the intro that yeah, you were there. Are cows on the farm when you were growing up? Uh, then there weren't, and so now there are again.
1: Yeah, so it's where my grandfather farmed before my dad. So yeah, when my grandfather farmed, it was it was a dairy farm, but not many cows. Something like twenty, thirty cows. Um, there's a lot of potatoes grown here. It's it's that kind of land. And then my dad came home from university and took the farm over. Um, my dad milked about 115, 120 cows, and yeah, in 2005, he packed in. It's the same story with a lot of small dairy farms around here, really. It's it's kind of like everyone's fighting for the same bit of land. Everybody needed to expand their herds because the profit margins are so small, and yeah, everyone was just fighting for the same bit of land, really, so dad made the... I think it was the wise decision to go out to milk at the time, and just rented the farm out really, and then my dad went back to university to to train to be a, a geography teacher. Okay. Um, oh, wow. So that's what my dad did for a few years, and then he finished that and went to work with um, NRW, um, the wildlife people, yeah. all that kind of things, yeah. and then. He's moved Natural, on from, um, Natural resources Wales is that? that's it, Natural Resources yep. Wales. Um he's done a bit with United Utilities, um, improving the water quality of the River bee and that kind of stuff. And then um yeah he works for a company called Binny's now um which is very much the same sort of thing. Um and it ties in well with what I'm doing here as well because I've gone down the down the route of trying to farm in a you know in a nature friendly way and that ties in well with a lot of work he does um, with his job. So, you know, we kind of share a lot of ideas all the time, so it works quite well. But yeah, gone a bit off route there, really. And, yeah, since my dad stopped farming, the the farm's basically just been rented out. We had a few tenants here growing, you know, crops and maize and stuff and had a few cows and shared. But then, you know, it's always been my dream to kind of take it back. I loved, you know... The dream's always been to milk cows here again. And then that's basically what I've spent the last four or five years trying to do really. And then as of about six months ago, it's it's what I do full time now as well. So you could say I'm living the dream, but um <laughs> it's it, it's it's getting there anyway, it's getting there.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, it take us to uh take us to uh, I suppose to that point when the dream sort of started becoming reality so to speak so you actually started you, you had this idea that yeah you wanted to bring cows back but uh you actually a lot of people have dreams but they don't make them happen you actually did um so what did you do and uh, take us to that point where you decided you know what i'm actually going to make this happen
1: so um yes yeah, so basically i i went to university basically because i wasn't sure of what i wanted to do at the time so i just did what everyone else does went to uni Yep. Um, and then came home got a job on a local dairy farm and after a couple of years there you know my interest in, in dairy farming grew so I started you know I had the opportunity to do whatever I wanted at home because I've got a bit of a clean slate there to start so I started contract rearing dairy heifers okay. so that's what I that's what I did for the first couple of years and then I just found that a bit of a hamster really it was just um it was trying to meet certain targets you know certain weights for the cows and you were having to put a lot of inputs into the system to make it work you know i found it quite a fragile business model because you were you were relying on all these inputs and um, you had no control over the costs and you were only getting paid a, a certain price for it so that's where i started thinking you know, what else? What else can I do here? You know, to secure that, to secure a long future for the business as well. You know, I wanted to invest in something that was going to be, you know, long term. And you know, there's there's always been a lot of negativity, I think, around the dairy industry. And I just found the last few years there's been a lot of people shouting about how bad dairy is and how bad beef is and it really frustrated me because I didn't feel as if farmers were getting their say. Um, and I thought, you know, why don't I just start from scratch at home now and show people the benefits cows can have on the environment and um, on our health, on you know, creating ecosystems and biodiversity on the farm and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I focused on for the past four years. And then, yeah, I started with the, uh, buying my own Welsh black heifers in and then cross them with, with Wagyu because we were trying to, you know, target quite a high end market really, you know, where people, um, people appreciated quality, but then since going down that route, I found Wagyu aren't particularly well at fattening on grass. Okay. Um, you know, they're an animal that requires quite a lot of pushing and quite a lot of feed. So, um, so we've moved away from the wagyu now, and we're just focusing on red bulbs, um, which is a you know a more native breed that well they, they fatten on fresh air. You know, if you knew anything about cattle, you know these old traditional native breeds, they just do well. So they do so well off grass, and yeah, I've spent the last few years just trying to build the herd up really, and you know make get a decent number going.
0: Fantastic. Um, so yeah, so that that's one side, and then you have the the micro dairy on the other side. And I think we've had a, a couple of micro dairies on on the show in the past. But um, yeah. for for someone out there who might be thinking, well, how can you run a business with a, with just a few cows? Tell us about micro dairies and and sort of the the thinking behind it. Uh,
1: so the whole idea behind the micro dairy for me was I wanted to just start off with what I could afford. Um, I didn't want to go out there and borrow, you know, thousands of pounds from the bank and then spend the next thirty years trying to pay it back. So I thought I can start with what I can afford, and you know, target quite a local market that's going to appreciate what I'm doing, and then they'll be willing to pay a bit more for it. So, so that was the plan, really. You know, sell it from the sell it from the farm gate. And you know there's there's no cost to that really. you know you just put it and stick it in a fridge and hope people come so so the plan was to start with as little cost as possible and just develop it as the demand as the demand grew kind of thing i've not I've not had to go out and borrow money to do it, which was the main the main plan really right. um, and it just gives you know it just gives that bit of uniqueness to what you're doing as well um there's a few there's a few vending machine you know farm milk vending machines popping up around the place here now and especially during and covid and you know it just being a micro dairy makes you unique in the fact you know you're not milking hundreds of cows you're doing it on a small scale and just it's, it's just a nice little story really
0: And linked to it as well, it's very much linked to your regenerative system. Tell us about your, your system of managing the land and how that works.
1: Yeah. So we've gone down the, yeah, it's a bit of a buzzword, I think at the minute, down the regenerative route, but um, what we're trying to do basically is farm with, with as little inputs as, as possible and, you know, get as much out of the soil as we can. And we found the best way of doing that is every decision we make now is involved around the health of the soil. So if we're planning what crops we be putting in um next year or the year, the year after that, we'll be asking ourselves right, what's going to be benefiting the soil, and then we will do that, for example, we'll see if you we'll see there's a there's a field looking not so good, you know diversity is is our first it's our first go-to is add as much diversity of plants into our field as we can um and then we'll go you know we don't use any chemical fertilizers or sprays anymore so we need some nitrogen fixing and you know your legumes and your and your clovers and all that kind of stuff does it for you so um it's been you know it's been a hell of a lot of experimenting to be honest with you there's, there's a there's a lot of things that haven't worked it isn't just a go-to book where you can just find out what's going to work out on your farm because i think the trickiest thing with this whole regen is what what might work on someone else's farm might not work on my farm yeah um that's the, that's been the hardest thing really but um you know it just i wanted the i wanted a business that would i didn't have to rely on inputs really you know um to make the most out of the soil and it also just gives you uh a really good USP as well, because we direct sell the milk and the beef and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, if you if you show the public that you're willing to farm in a way that has a positive effect on the environment as well, and you're not just focused on production, um, it makes them, you know, makes them willing to pay a bit more than what they'd usually pay if they go to Tesco or something like that. You know? um, but uh, yeah, there's so many pros pros i think to, to farming in this way it's it's been a rabbit hole that we've been exploring for the past few years and i think we're only just scratching the surface um yeah
0: what what uh, you say sort of um something's worked something's happened what have you been finding yeah. has worked for you
1: um the our whole grazing management has completely changed now so instead of just set stocking um, you know, turning cows into a field and leaving them to it. We we rotationally mob graze the cows now, and I think you know there's a massive difference between rotational grazing and rotational mob grazing, and I think that's something um, a lot of people don't really understand at the minute. And I think the biggest difference is your rest period and your, how how much stock you actually put on an area um, of land. So what we try and do is in the summer and you know peak growing season we'll we'll try and give the paddocks at least at least sixty days rest so sixty to 90 days of rest and then move the cows at least twice a day onto a fresh piece and then what we found by by having them really long rest periods you know you're turning cows into grass that's you know, it's chest high in some places, you know, yeah. and some crocfoot and all that kind of stuff. It can it can go over your head, so it looks a complete mess. But and you know, your initial thoughts is, "Christ, they're just going to waste most of it." But you can kind of, you've got to just switch your mind to thinking right that waste is actually being trampled into the soil, and it's building that organic matter, up and that that's what's going to make your soils healthier, kind of thing. Um, so the, the way we graze the cows is definitely the biggest change and what, we've, what we're most excited about really at the minute because, you know, the first year we tried it, you know, there'd, there'd still be a lot of organic matter at the top of, the, you know, where they've been for a, you know, for a few months kind of thing. But what we're gradually seeing is that organic matter disappearing quite a lot quicker. So, you know, for us, that's, you know, there must be more activity going on there now and yeah we just need to do more sampling really to to find out you know is the organic matter going up and all that kind of stuff but it's um it's definitely exciting anyway
0: this episode is being supported by our primary sponsor Howden Rural which is the new name for Aplan Rural. The Howden team shares my passion for giving a voice to farmers and we are both driven to raise the profile of farming voices to a wider audience. Howden Rural do a lot of work on social media themselves sharing farming accounts and farming stories. They have a rural community blog which shares farmers experiences they also support a growing number of initiatives that champion UK farmers, including this podcast. So, a big thank you to Howden Rural for supporting Meet the Farmers. Another practice uh, you do, which isn't probably uh, well well known, let's say that within the dairy sector, is you keep um, you keep calves with their mothers. Uh, why do you do that?
1: Well, basically, when I started when I started all this a few years ago. I did quite a bit of research into what the public actually thought about dairy farming. And the biggest thing that people don't like is the fact that the calves are taken away from the mothers. You know, because um, a lot of people that, you know, haven't, may, may not have been on a farm before and, you know, seeing what happens to them, that sounds absolutely terrible. And um, so I just wanted to see if I can do it to start off with. And, you know, it's been a massive, another learning curve. Um, you know, the first, it's not as easy as it sounds, that keeping the, the calves on the mother, you know, there's a lot of work involved that, um, yeah, you don't think about really. But it's definitely, definitely been the most rewarding thing to crack and to, you know, to get right. Because your initial thought is, Christ, we're going to have a lot less milk here now. But Absolutely. The, um, you know, we've kind of worked it so that, you know, the breed of cow we milk don't typically yield high anyway, and then what we'll do is we'll, we'll separate the cows and calves at night and then milk the cows in the morning, and then they spend the rest of the day together then, and then the cows get to drink the rest of the milk through the day, okay. and yeah, it's, it's just gives us that other USP for the milk. Um, And, you know, you're getting the best of both worlds out of your cow as well. So you're getting a proper dual-purpose cow that can can yield you, you know, 10, 15 metres a day from the best ones. And then she can also rear a good chunky beef calf um, that we can sell through the farm's beef box scheme in three years' time as well. So, um, you know, you're just stacking a a few different enterprises from the same bit of land and the same animal it seems to work (laughs) seems to work
0: yeah yeah do you know any other farmers um who who do that and and can you see uh as like you say as uh, as public perception sort of um moves towards that uh, can you see that sort of change in in the industry happening perhaps
1: um i can i know i know there's a few there's a few people doing it there aren't there aren't a lot of people doing it but You've kind of you've got to you've got to forget what you already know about milking cows because when I, after finishing uni I I milked on a on a dairy farm for 13 years before I started doing this and then yeah. you have to put all that you have to chuck all that out the window and okay. start again and you know you you have to get more for your product for the time you have to invest in you know in milking now because it takes me. An hour an hour and a half to milk seven cows <laughs> because wow. you you have to you have to get it spot on you know when you get it when you get it right and they they drop they come in the parlour, they drop the milk it's, it's lovely but you know especially these old breeds their their mothering instinct is you know it's really strong so you know her initial thought is why am i going to give you milk when i brought my calf to here? yeah of course um so you know you've got to spend a lot of time with them for them to trust you to give you the milk and you know most of the time you've got to have the calf in there and the milking parlour as well so you know the, the time you've got to put into it and the patience you've got to have and um, you know it's you've just got to think of milking in a different way altogether and I think that's the that's the biggest boundary anyway is the is the time it takes so if anybody out there knows how to do it quickly let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, do get in touch. Uh, another yeah. thing you are experimenting with um, is trees on farm, which is another yeah. thing that um, yeah is becoming more and more talked about. Uh, you've yeah. got a, a silver pasture system going on. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about that.
1: So yeah, it's a big, big topic in Wales at the minute, especially with the absolutely the sustainable farming scheme wanting us to plant ten percent trees. Um, so we we started experimenting with uh, a bit of an agroforestry field a couple of years ago where we planted um five rows of trees into a four acre field and then the plan was to to graze in between the rows so you're not necessarily wiping that four acres out and just dedicating it to trees you know you're growing trees and you can you know you can still graze cows in between them Um, at the time yeah this was this was quite an expensive uh, mistake. But at the, at the time, you know, we, I could only just afford the trees and couldn't afford to fence them up properly. Okay. So um, I just relied on electric fencing to, to separate the trees from the cows. And yeah, it worked fine for for a few months and then, you know, get calves being born and then they go through the fences and they start ripping That's fences fair. out and dragging little trees with them. So that was a mistake, um, <laughs> so we had to, to replant all them and we'll get them fenced off properly. And then, funny enough, yesterday I just bought another hundred um, fruit trees this time to, to plant in another four-acre field. Okay. And then um, the first thing I've done with these is fenced it off properly, so fenced five alleys in another four-acre field and then um planning to to graze only about three or four cows in between these rows and then have about two hundred to maybe three hundred chickens then following the following the cows round. So that, that's Fantastic. quite an exciting um experiment that we're gonna be doing this year. But then you know the whole the whole point of the fruit trees is you know whilst on wants to be planting trees but i don't want to just plant trees for the sake of planting trees you know that we've got to get some kind of return on that so what we're hoping is if we can plant fruit trees you know we can we can sell the fruits at the end of the day um whether that's going to be just selling them through the honesty box or you know whether we make cider or fatten pigs on them or or anything kind of thing it's just um Again, trying to stack a couple more enterprises on on the same bell and you know, trying to make it pay for itself
0: a bit better. Fantastic! It's all about that classic, isn't it? The right tree in the right place. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Listeners, if you haven't already, um, please do scroll back to. Uh, we've had two um, two mini series now, actually, with the Forestry Commission looking at trees on farms. Um, there's uh, yeah, there's plenty to dig in. On that, But I'm sure that, yeah, Trees on Farms is going to be something that we continue with uh, talking about in future. Um, let's move on to uh, the section where we talk about challenges in the industry on a broader level, bigger industry stuff. Um, what for you, and this is a big question, what's the biggest yeah. challenge that farming faces at the moment?
1: Um, well, one of the biggest challenges, I think, is... Um, is how little the public know about farming and especially the consequences of you know um, uh, how food is produced and you know the effects that has on them and the environment and everything and just overall knowledge i think you know people people haven't got a clue these days well too many people these days haven't got enough knowledge about how their food is produced Um especially the benefits um, certain way of farming has on the environment and your health. I think you know for me that is that's going to be the biggest challenge. Um, and it's definitely something I want to concentrate more on this year is you know doing more farm tours and farm walks and talks, um, inviting the public onto the farm and showing them exactly what we do and you know the benefits that has on on everything around us so um yeah i think you know the way when i sell our milk and you know sell the beef and all that kind of stuff i've got a hashtag that we use all the time which is hashtag know your farmer um because you know people you know you know who your doctor is you know who your electrician is you know your farmer but hardly anybody knows knows the farmer kind of thing and knows exactly where their food comes from so um I think, you know, if people had a better idea where their food came from and how it was produced, I think more people would support the local farmers and support farmers that are, you know, um, trying to farm in a positive way. So, yeah, for me, the biggest challenge is just consumer knowledge, really. Um, Yeah.
0: I think it's such an important point, isn't it? And it's, there is this, I think there's still this perception that, even if you live in the countryside then you know your local farmer or you know yeah. about farming and, yeah. uh, and it's just about sort of an urban thing but actually no i think we need to be talking talk to your local yeah, get involved with your local community as well yeah um because probably yeah. else yeah engage with them
1: yeah definitely Um, you know it it, you know, it works it works both ways as well you know um we've got to be as farmers you know we've got to be willing to, to open the gate and Show show people exactly what we do, and don't be afraid to hide to hide behind the gates, and you know, um, be scared of what people might think because there's even there's even people around here in the Vale of you know, they've never been onto a farm, they've never seen cows properly, yeah, um, and you know, how can you how can you how can you expect people to to pay more for food and respect their food more, you know, if if they don't have that connection with the farmer and the land and the and how the food is produced. So that's something I really want to focus on more going forward.
0: Mm. Uh, yeah, talking of going forward, um, you, you clearly you're doing a lot at the moment anyway, and you've got lots of new projects on the go. Um, but where would you like all this to go? Where do you see yourself in, I don't know, 10, 20 years' time? What's the future for the farm? And of course, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of change we've got going on generally in ag as well and, and climate issues and everything else.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I'm planning like 12 months ahead at the minute. So 10 years I haven't thought of. But I'd love to be at the point where we've got, you know, a few different enterprises stacked up on the farm. So, you know, the micro-dairy is now pretty much where it needs to be. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to focus a bit more on beef sales so that we're, we're selling all the beef direct um, through the farm. I haven't really got much of a farm shop at the minute, so I'd love to convert one of the old farm buildings into a little shop or something. because um, at the minute we've just got like a, a trailer that's been painted up and it's converted into an honesty box. So um focusing more on on selling from the farmyard, I think, is is the route I want to go down. And yeah, planting these these fruit trees. I'm hoping, you know, we can then supply the shop with fruits and then we did put a polytunnel up last year and we've just ordered another one now. Um so um, you know, we're hoping to to grow veg as well. Um and I am I am one of uh, five kids, so there's there's five Hello of us you. all together. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, my sister isn't really, she lives up in Leeds. She's not uh, involved with the farm. I've got another brother that's out in Australia at the minute. My other brother works on a dairy farm down the road. And then Sean, the youngest brother, he's quite keen now in being involved at home as well with what we're doing. So um, he's actually just bought a a load of ducks. So a load of Muscovy ducks. Okay. And um, yeah, we plan on, well, what he's going to do is basically rear his own meat birds um, so that we can we can sell duck as well, basically. Um, you know, past, Pasture duck, maybe even try a few geese and stuff for, for Christmas and that.
0: Just a little more about our primary sponsor, Howden Rural, which is the new name for Aplan Rural. Same people, different name. Howden Rural provide bespoke insurance cover for farms and estates. This could be for anything from tractors and machinery to a new exciting diversification venture. So for more information, visit howdeninsurance.co.uk forward slash rural. We're going to move on to the quick questions. Um, These are a bit of fun. Uh, First is uh, give me a book, film or TV show that you could read or watch again
1: and again. Um, I don't do that much reading, but I did read a book uh, not long ago by a guy called Gabe Brown. Um, it's called Dirt to Soil. Yeah. To soil. Like yeah. And you know, it's, it's a book I read from from start to finish, and that says a lot. That says a lot because I don't I don't like reading. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the go to book really. And uh, film, I watch it over and over again. It's Gladiator.
0: It. Oh fantastic.
1: <laughs> I just watched it again the other day.
0: <laughs> Proper classic. Yeah. Uh, next one is, if you could have dinner with a well-known person, and that could be at any time in history, they could be alive or dead, um, who yeah. would it be and why?
1: Oh, um, I don't know. Probably uh, Jim Carrey, I think. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, it doesn't matter what mood I'm in. If I, if I watch that guy on the telly, he just makes me laugh. So um, I'd love to have a meal with him. It'd be hilarious, I think.
0: Right. Great. And uh, last one, your favourite sport?
1: Um, I used to play a lot of rugby. I used to play a lot of rugby, but then I broke my leg uh playing. So um I stopped. Because when you got cows to look after, it's not ideal having a broken leg. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I, I try and keep fit and all that kind of stuff. So going to the gym and all that kind of stuff now. Um I didn't about twelve months ago I wasn't doing anything. But then since being at home full-time, I try and make make a bit more time for myself now as well. So, um, yeah. Very Probably good.
0: A <laughs> That's a good message to go out to all farmers as well, Yeah, keep your fitness up. Um, yeah. The final questions, uh, if you have a message for the public, uh, what would it be?
1: Um, message for the public? I did actually write a couple of things down. Um, oh, great. Well, I just made a couple of notes, but um, my message to the public would be, you know, where you buy your food from and how that food has been produced is much more important than the actual product, I think. Um, you know, as in it's red meat or it's dairy. You know, if you're buying your fruit and veg from the supermarket and it's been grown in polytunnel somewhere in Europe that's been sprayed to to hell and there's no ecosystems, no bio you know, diversity there. You know, is that really better for you than 100% grass-fed beef that's been reared outdoors its whole life, and you know, with nature? Um, so, just my message. My message would be: spend a little time figuring out where your food comes from, how it's been produced, and I think you'll find it'll have huge benefits on not only your health but the the whole health of you know, you could sort out all those problems.
0: Okay, and a message for farmers.
1: I know it's hard, but I, I see things at the minute. It's very exciting. Um, a lot of things are changing. There's a lot of opportunities out there. And just go with it. and Don't be afraid to try new things. I think a lot of a lot of young lads I speak to, they want to try new things. They just don't know how. Um, they don't know how to go about it. They don't think they've got enough knowledge about it. Whereas, you know, I take the the route of just figuring it out as you're doing it kind of thing. So don't be afraid to try new things. If you want to do something, try something. You just do it and figure it out along the way. You know, what's the worst happen.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm a big believer. There are two ways of seeing everything, and you can either yeah. choose um, to be terrified about everything that's happening at the moment, or you or you can choose to see there's opportunity.
1: Yeah, um, depends definitely. how you
0: frame it. Um, yeah challenging time but there is opportunity there um and finally um your recommendation for a blog podcast or social media account to follow which can be farming or non-farming
1: um i don't listen to to that many podcasts and stuff but i do one i did listen to Actually, was how i built this i think i mentioned ah, it to you um, yeah you did when i saw you um in the just farmers but that, that, to me, has been really, really, really good. You know, I, I can listen to, to that podcast all day because you're, you're, you're listening to stories of people that have started from absolutely nothing, some of them, and how they've managed to build companies that are, you know, worldwide now. Um, I think one of the best one, I can't even remember his name now, but the <clears throat> the guy that built Five Guys, the, the burger chain. Mm-hmm. Um and, yeah, there's just some really, really great stories, stories out there. And, you know, you can listen to a few of them and um, be very, very inspired. So uh, if, if you're thinking of trying something new and you, you need that push and a bit of confidence and belief in yourself, just have a listen to that podcast because there's some there's some really great stories.
0: Thanks, you. I will, um, yeah, I've been reminded myself to, yeah, look that up again um, and subscribe to that. So that's great. Um, we'll leave it there thank you so you're much back. um thank you for coming on telling us your story and um yeah it's it's it, i think i mean i i'm excited by everything you're doing um i, I realized that it is a, a heck of a lot of work um to start everything from scratch um so mm. yeah but so yeah just really well done and uh yeah keep it up perfect
1: thanks thanks very much ben really appreciate you asking me to come on
0: great um, having you here That is it for today. A big thank you to my guest, Hugh Fowkes, for coming on the show. Uh, Thank you for listening, and thank you to our primary podcast sponsor, Howden Rural Insurance, for supporting the show. Uh, Next time, we'll be heading across the Atlantic to Ohio to meet eighth generation farmer Zoe Kent. Um, Don't forget to check out our sister show, Rural Business Focus. Um, You can find that wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, I'll be back with you next week. But for now, I'm Ben Eagle. This has been Meet the Farmers.
1: Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you'll have a great week.